Good morning and welcome to this weekend's online and on-site worship service at the United Methodist Church Westlake Village on this Sunday, September 27th. We are so glad that you have joined us. We are continuing on with our live stream worship service as the standard method of our Sunday morning worshiping experience. We are gratified that this has become a good and a convenient way for folks to join with us in worship. Yet we are also now gathering on site in, in limited numbers under the health department and denominational guidelines. If you would like to join in worship with us on site, Please note the guidelines for gathering which are posted on our 
website. And do not overlook the need to pre-register your intention to be with us. Pre-registration is important for us to meet the rigors of the guidelines and provide for the safe gathering of those of you who choose to come and be with us in person. And it's beautiful here on campus. Being healthy, wearing a mask, keeping the six foot physical distancing rule between households and, and bringing your own beach chairs or blankets for sitting, gathering together for worship seems to uh, be working just fine. So the choice is yours, online or on site. Either way, God's spirit is present among us and actively nurturing, inspiring, and equipping us for the challenges of our day. So let's take a beat, relax, center ourselves upon the spirit within and prepare ourselves for worship. May God touch you in the way you need for today. Our Psalter reading this morning comes from Psalm 73, verses 1 through 3, 16 through 17, and 21 through 28. Truly God is good to the upright, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet have almost stumbled, my feet, or my steps have nearly slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant, I saw the prosperity of the wicked. But when I thought, how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I perceived their end. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in the heart, I was stupid and ignorant. I was like a brute beast toward you. Nonetheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward, you will receive me with honor. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire other than you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Indeed, those who are far from you will perish. You put an end to those who are false to you. But for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge to tell of all of your works.
Now is the time in our worship where we welcome the kids to come forward if we were in the sanctuary. But as we are in a new day and age, if you are at home, come close to your TV screens. For those, we we don't actually have any children that are children's to moment age here in our present congregation at the moment, but if you were here, I'd encourage you to stay with your families, and I would turn and talk to each and every one of you to make sure you knew that I knew that you were here, and that I celebrated you with us, and I celebrate you with us at home as well. Please know how special you are to us, and how thankful we are to have a congregation that celebrates a wide a wide range of ages. For you children, for our Sunday school lessons, we've been talking about creativity, and we received some images over the course of the last week of people coloring the creativity page. They should be showing up on your monitors right about now. You see three kids who have colored the word creativity and how happy they are with the works that they have created. For that, I say thank you. This week in Sunday School, we've been talking about God's creation and how God created all of the animals of the sea, all of the birds of the sky, and all of the animals of the land. And I asked you to send me some pictures of you and your animals. We have pictures of three children on the screen. I confess that two of them are mine, um, as one of our cats has been helping them with schoolwork, and the other one is another child from our church who is very excited about her dog and I'm it's so sweet her mom actually sent me a series of pictures and I could have set shared any one of them with you and the amazing thing is is that this dog has been in her life since she was a newborn and they have pictures of the dog alongside her at every age and stage of development and how as amazing is it that as God creates us God puts animals in our lives as well to continue to show love and to shine love. As we talked about the animals of the sea and the animals of the sky and the animals of the land, we talked about how vast God's creativity is. How God didn't just create one animal and say it was good, but God created a variety of animals and said that they were all good. God invites us to be creative and to continue to explore and to continue to see the ways in which we might use our creativity to to grow ourselves, but improve the world as well. One of the things that I asked you this week, and I would still love to see it, is if you think that there's an animal that God should have created, I want to see a picture of it. Send me a picture of what animal you think God should have created, just because I want to see your creativity. And it may just show up on the screen next week. So don't hesitate to send it out to us and let us know what creativity is missing from our world right now. Friends, God has put a spark of joy in us and has given us the ability to create and to join God in the creation of the earth. And while we may not make those animals that we're drawing, God has given us the ability to do other things to help our world grow and thrive. Will you join me in prayer? Let's take a moment to talk to God. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for creativity. Thank you for all of the animals. Thank you for the love we have from our pets. Thank you for your invitation. 
to create as well. Amen. Please join me in prayer. Awesome and almighty God, we thank you for this day, for the ways in which your spirit moves among us, blessing each and every one of us, both in person and across the internet waves. We thank you that your spirit meets us wherever we are, nurturing us, supporting us, and offering us the words that we need to hear this day. Open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears, that we might hear that little bit of wisdom that you have for us this day. Help us to be inspired, to find some creativity of our own, and see the ways that you are inviting us into working together with you to build your kingdom. On this day where we are looking at sloth and diligence, Help us to reflect on our daily actions and activities and help us to evaluate and appraise what we are doing and if it brings honor to you. We do not desire to be lazy, Lord. We desire to diligently seek after you and strive to serve you to the best of our abilities. And help us to find that balance between laziness and renewal. Help us to see that there is a point where you paused on the seventh day and, and rested yourself. And you invite us to rest. But let us look at our comings and goings to see if we are resting or going beyond rest to laziness. Help us to find ways to pursue you, to serve you, and to honor you in all of the comings and goings of our lives so that we might live lives that continue to bring honor to you and develop our character. As a worshiping community this day, we lift up prayers for the following people. We pray for Lisa, who is part of our bell choir, who was recently diagnosed with leukemia. We lift up prayers for her as she begins her treatment shortly. We lift up prayers for Ernie Lauer as he travels north to offer support to his daughter and grandsons as his daughter begins her cancer treatments. We ask you to be with all of our family members and everyone throughout the world who is going through treatments and diagnosis of cancer, that they might see the ways that you are with them walking with them, supporting them, offering healing and health. We come to you with joys as well this morning, Lord. We celebrate with Jack Rogers and Ella Boring as they have both been cast in a production of Night Night Roger Roger, which will be 
broadcast on Zoom and shared on a screen that people can watch from their cars. We thank you for a passion to, to continue to pursue things that are important to us. And we thank you for those who are finding ways to follow their passions and adapting to make it happen. Lord, that creativity that I talked about with the kids applies to all of us as we continue to move and bend so that we might follow who you have called us to be, honor the gifts and talents that you have given us, and seeing a new way forward. Thank you for continuing to op open new doors and windows for us so that we can continue to thrive in this world. Lord, be with everyone who has been impacted by the coronavirus, that they might see the ways that you are truly opening doors and windows in the midst of shutdowns and slowdowns and unemployment and health issues that you are present to us, nurturing us, supporting us, and offering us hope. Help us to find that hope in each and every place that we're at this day and always. We bring these prayers to you, saying quietly to ourselves the prayer that your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Scripture reading today is from Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24, Sirach chapter 7, verse 15, and Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 through 31b. The hand of the diligent will rule, while the lazy will be put to forced labor. Do not hate hard labor or farm work which was created by the Most High. What do you think? A man has two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not, but later changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of the father? They said, the first. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Oh, let the Son of God enfold you with his spirit and his love. Let him fill your heart and satisfy your soul. Oh, let him have the things that hold you and his spirit like a dove will descend upon your life and make you whole. As your hearts are filled with joy, lift your hands in sweet surrender to his name. Oh, give him all your tears and sadness, give him all your years of pain, and you'll enter into life in Jesus' name. Jesus, come and fill. 
As we have been finding our way through this time of uh, pandemic of distancing, we've been, we've been challenged to figure out how to do life again, haven't we, under these kind of circumstances. I was uh, amazed at a, at a recent posting that I saw that talked about just what a person who had been born in the early 1900s had lived through if that person had a life of about 70-some years. Um, Just a remarkable amount of uh, major trauma during that century that those folks lived through. And it it got me to be thinking about how, um, how we might benefit from a little perspective on the struggles that we're going through right now. For as much as they are... Uh, significant in our life. They are, they are not overwhelmingly uh, different than uh, some other generations have gone through and have learned how to, and had to learn how to manage and, and find uh, the noble and the ideal and what was right and what was just and what was healthy and what was productive. And so we, we come to this Sunday, as we do every Sunday, believing uh, that in the resurrection, Uh, good triumphs over evil and life triumphs over death. And we seek to take that basic lesson of our faith uh, to heart for ourselves once again as we contemplate our circumstance in life and, and what this particular week might be like for us. So I hope not to the point of of sounding like we're saying the same thing too many times, but Rachel and I both have felt just um, enamored by the possibility that this uh, terrible pandemic that has disrupted our patterns and our habits was actually uh, offering us an opportunity to change our patterns and our habits that we, we were given some kind of permission in this weird time to think about ourselves and to say, well, you know, I want to be a little bit more like this and a little less like that. And maybe we would say that not just because that was our preference or that's what our spouse has always been hoping for over the last 40 years, but maybe we'd say that because that's what Jesus would want from us. And that in this pause, in this uh, interruption of patterns and habits, we have an opportunity to, uh, in the old saying, come to Jesus and, and talk with God about how we might be our best selves. So we thought that was good pastoring, and we've been just kind of encouraging you to seize the moment and to seize that thought and to contemplate um, how it might be that in the embrace of God or walking along with your hand in Jesus's, you might find yourself with an opportunity to become your better. And so then with the great insight that comes from someone who is sitting in a garage without much else to do with himself, it struck me that maybe dealing with the old vices and virtues that have gone out of fashion over the last 50 years would be a wise idea. Did that seem crazy? Uh, You know, I'm wondering just how crazy your pastor, your head pastor is to think that that would be appealing. But it struck me as 
appealing that we really don't use the word character anymore. We seem to let just so much slide by as just what people want to do or the way the person is. Yet character is, is a word that is uh, basic and essential for us as Christians to think about how God's shaping of us forms us in a certain way to be a certain kind of person. That character, are, that character is, the, is the thing by which we manifest the well-being of our soul or the way by which we damage our soul by those traits, those attributes which are our character. So not so much a word that has gone out of fashion as much as a word that's in great need nowadays in all of our lives to think about, well, what kind of character do I want to have? What kind of character would Jesus wish for my children if I could have the presence of Jesus conversationally with them right now at their side? What would they say? What might that Jesus encourage? So I had to go back, and I don't know whether it's just my resources are po so poor or whether really vices and virtues have gotten out of fashion so much. I had to go back about 100 years to find a book that was dealing with character and vices and virtues. And it's, and it's to this author, Stalker, that I want to give some credit for stimulating some of the things that I've been saying these weeks and, and will say today about the importance of various virtues and the challenge that's brought forward to our character through various vices for helping us to see clearly about choices we need to make for becoming the kind of people we would want to be. Wanting to recognize the lasting value of a virtue, practicing a virtue to protect ourselves from the consequence of a vice. And so we've looked at our sexuality. Yeah, we talked about sex in church. We looked at our sexuality a few weeks ago and, and dealt with lust and chastity. We, we talked about our consumption, our physical consumption, with the vice of gluttony and the virtue of temperance. And last week, we talked about how we uh, approach our possessions, thinking about the vice of sloth, rather the vice of greed and the virtue of charity. Today, sloth, a word that we don't think of very often, enters into our conversation as a vice, just as the virtue of diligence comes to our rescue as we talk about the character trait of our laboring, how we labor in the fields of life. So I was around the other side of the fountain and I wasn't hearing that well or able to read the, the prompt of the scripture reading, but I hope there were two passages out of our wisdom tradition of the Old Testament. Did I, did I get that right? Did that happen? Did I get our lay people to do that? In the, pasture, in the scripture reading. One of those passages was from Proverbs, and you might have recognized that, but did, um, 
Did Rick say that he was reading from Sirach as a, as a second? Where is that? Who's got a Bible with that in it? You don't. And why don't you? That's because you don't have the Apocrypha in your Bible. The, the writings that are between the classical Old Testament and New Testament, there's a bunch of writings. And most of them, well, they're history and wisdom writings. And, and so you probably heard for the first time today a reading from the Apocrypha for Sunday worship. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. That was a blessing for you. You didn't notice it, though. You were wondering, where did that come from? Those two readings from the wisdom literature there of the uh, Hebrew scriptures were pretty straightforward about the value of labor, that labor is our way of life. Uh, you, you've got to do it. Do it well. Do it without complaint, we're advised. Find the good in it. Even if you have to have a stiff upper lip, find the good in it and just get on with it and do it and be responsible about it. That's basically our Hebrew scriptures advice for us. And that is good advice. That is good advice. The, the passage that you heard Rick read that came from the New Testament is a little more nuanced and a, a little trickier. The two sons, you recall him saying, with their divergent responses to the father's request to get out in the field and do some work. And if, and if you have some children that, uh, whom you've asked to take out the garbage or wash the car, this scenario sounds pretty familiar. One of the children cranked about the request, and isn't that usually the first response you get from your children when you ask them to do something that's, that's a... Uh, difficult or bothersome task. Maybe it's a crank. But then that son went out and did what was requested. And then the other son sounded agreeable going, yeah, 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 dad, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it uh, right away. Or I'll get to it before uh, the game this afternoon. I'll get there. I'll, I'll do it for you, dad. Don't worry. Don't worry. And, and that kid just didn't do it. And we're led to think about the obedient and disobedient son in this story from the New Testament. It applies to our understanding of labor that God puts before us. And though we might feel put upon by having to labor in life since the beginning of time we have had to be laboring, we have had to fend for ourselves. You're aware of that, right? To find our way forward in life, we creatures have labored in the fields or in the workplace. And many times we have done that with other people at our side, working with others to make our efforts more effective. Our agricultural industry works so much better when multiple hands are at the task of, of harvesting when the fruit or vegetables or grapes reach their point. To feed ourselves, to provide shelter, to ensure our safety and well-being, we have had to labor. Genesis speaks of our labor as being a harsh 
punishment for our original sin. If we had kept right relationship with God, the book says, it, it wouldn't be necessary, is the sense we get from it, or it wouldn't have been as harsh. Uh, but alas, uh, we did not. And so it is. Unnecessary and sometimes unpleasant part of our existence. That's how the, the old authors made sense of why it is that God has a creation that involves us laboring so laboriously. It must be because we fell out of right relationship with God. Yet, whatever the original cause of that might have been, when we look around, we see that laboring is a necessary part of life. And if laboring is a necessary part of life, then blessed are those who find their labors enjoyable, personally meaningful, and socially helpful. I've always thought that people who like their jobs are just fortunate folk. Because many people labor at jobs they just don't like. But they have to do because they want food on their plate or shelter for their family. And an unhappy worker is a, a sad state of affairs. Now, as we've experienced this, this lockdown of our pandemic, we've realized that many of our laborers are really essential workers who keep us all getting on. And so we honor them. I want to take a moment just to honor them, those who give a solid effort and earn an honest living at packaging and shipping and driving and lifting and stacking and unpacking and stocking and checking out. We honor those persons who find in his or her work a means to the end of a better life for themselves and for others. We honor the laborer, the worker, who does not exploit others by greed or by taking advantage of another's compassion. Some of us are more successful laborers than others. Well, that is true, yet we all honor those who put their hands to the proverbial plow and do what they should and do it ethically. These are people who are building a strong and a good character for themselves by laboring as God intended them to with their lives. So now the sloth involved here, the sloth that is called a vice that's identified with labor, which compromises our character, well, it is defined as a reluctance to work or to make an effort. 
laziness. You heard Rachel bringing that up in her prayer. Avoidance of physical or spiritual work. Did you hear that? What? Spiritual work, avoidance of that, that is sloth. I found it most interesting as I researched this archaic word, this vice of sloth. That I learned how historically this arose, and, it's, and it wasn't from workplace laziness, but from religious laziness. Isn't that interesting? Think about that for a moment. That's how integral our faith was to our labor. The word used that preceded our word of sloth with axity, which conveyed a meaning of being bored with, not engaged heartily in, or just going through the motions of the religious disciplines. In short, axity or sloth originally meant a laziness towards God. So hold on for a second with that. Hold, hold that in your thinking, a laziness towards God. How does that make sense as we look at vice and virtue of laboring? A laziness towards God. It would result in a spiritual uh, topor, and it was feared to develop into a laziness or, or disenchantment with one's existence. Such people were seen as not doing their duty to a loving and benevolent, benevolent God, a God that provided for all of us the just and the unjust alike. These folk reap the benefits of God's blessings of life, yet they took those blessings for granted or were careless or were, were thoughtless in a lack of gratitude concerning those blessings, basic blessings of life. Here's how Stalker talks about it. They all are creatures of God living off God's bounty. In a thousand ways, they have experienced his goodness and mercy. Many of them are daily receiving at his hands all things richly to enjoy. And yet they give God no thanks and take no pains to stir up their hearts to gratitude or to praise of God. But on the contrary, keep God as far as possible out of their knowledge. They are suppressing the most glorious power of their own being, for undoubtedly the noble part of our nature is that which leaks us to the divine. Yet these folk are disconnecting in that linkage and giving no thanks or gratitude for those basic blessings of life. 
So as we think about sloth, we are led to think about it as not doing that which we should with our energy of life, our life abilities, laboring in the marketplace or laboring in the sanctuary. And as a side note, isn't it interesting that our word liturgy, which talks about the flow of what the worship service is all about, that, that word liturgy actually means the work, the work of the people. All of our job engaging in the liturgy of praise and honoring of God. Worshiping God is our job as much as being a lawyer or a teacher or a financial manager or a stay-at-home parent. Sloth or laziness strikes at the root of your character as it manifests a lack of basic gratitude to God for the blessings of your life, your abilities, your skill sets, your purpose, your accomplishment, the abundance that comes to you just by being alive. So the classic antidote <clears throat> to the vice of sloth is diligence, getting at it, staying to it, being careful and conscientious in carrying out tasks or duties, paying attention to what we are supposed to do and doing it as we are supposed to be doing it. That is what diligence is. And the virtue of diligence arises out of our joy, our joy of experiencing God's saving grace through Christ in our lives. Our joy over reaping so many of God's abundant blessings and having the cognizance of understanding that, recognizing that, the unmerited blessing of that and just getting on our knees and saying thanks be to God that I have that skill set, that blessing, that inclination, that passion, that ability, that awareness. We get our heads screwed on right spiritually about our talents and our capabilities and we realize that our appropriate response to God's loving benevolence is our engagement in our labor of life, our lives for which God has equipped us, each a little differently than the other. Stalker again writes, let us interest ourselves in others. Let us confess the Savior. Let us cultivate Christian fellowship. Let us lend a hand to help those who are trying to make the world better and to bring in the kingdom of God. And as the color comes to the cheeks of one who has climbed a mountain, so we will find that doubt and indifference take flight. Old-fashioned language, huh? Yet getting to the point of how when we live 
in sync with the divine. We blossom and thrive in life. So we thankfully engage in the work of our hands and of our soul, building our character through the labors of life that are properly embraced and pursued. So you can see, uh, as we do honest labor, it stimulates what we would call as true discipleship. The two are in sync with each other. God has created us to be productive in our unique ways through our lives. We've been given skill sets and different inclinations, yet the basic stamp of the Creator is upon us all. And in gratitude to that connection and to our purpose in light of that connection, we embrace the, the vocational calling of our lives. We work, and we work with a, a heart of gratitude for what it is that we can do and the good that we pray might come from what we can do for others of our extended family. Not taking advantage of, but building up together with. We put our shoulder to the plow with a smile with recognition of the connection to the eternal order of things of which we are a part. Throughout it all, we have the existence of the Spirit carrying us along with the way, easing our steps, making straight our path. I hope you have found that true in your life and the decisions that you have made. That is true today with decisions that you will make this day. You walk with God. And God is here to help you with the hard and the easy decisions that might come your way this day. The choices that you might make. The virtue of diligence takes seriously our heritage from God. And dares to invite us to take our place in the cosmic drama. It is God who gave us life, and it is to God that we give thanks for our path of life through life. Well, can such a spirit be in you? I bet, I'm sure. It's the way to a solid character that enriches your soul rather than deadening your soul. It's the means to a new normal in your life these days as things start to settle down around and, and you are, well, you're able to assert newly prized values or recaptured values perhaps and purposes for your life, how you intend to live these moments of cherished life with all that God has given you. Frankly, it is the most basic way that we set a course 
for a better life. Thanks be to God, dear friends. Over the simplest of things, our labor that is common among us all in our life. Amen. To be in sync with God as we strive to do the liturgy of the church, the work of the people, growing, thriving, putting our shoulders to the plowshare, I think was one of Walt's lines or something similar to that, of working together to build the kingdom of God. One of the ways that we do that is by presenting our tithes, gifts, and offering to God and making sure that we are working collaboratively to build the kingdom and to serve our community. We're about to receive a gift of music and there's a variety of ways for wh in which you can give. If you are here physically, there is an offering plate over um, by the youth building that you can drop your offering in. Uh, you can do that on your way out too. You don't have to feel like you're obligated to do that right now. Or you can go online and make your donation online or you can mail in your offering. All of those are ways that we work together to, to be diligent in serving God and representing God in the world. Let us receive the gift of music.
Thank you, Jenny. It's a, it's a blessing to have her be a part of our worship leadership team. And, and those of you here in person, you can, you can kind of see over the railing, her over there doing work. And those of you online, I have a good close-up of her fingers uh, working their magic. And uh, thank you not only to her, but also to Paul and Phil and Warren for the technical side of making it possible for you all to hear and then to, to see tape-recorded things, those of you here on site, and for you uh, online to have the whole worship experience. We're so glad that you joined us today for worship. Bless you. We trust that this has been an emotionally uplifting and thought-provoking and, and spiritually nurturing experience. Thank God for all the tender mercies that are a part of our lives. If you're present with us on campus, I want to just remind you to let those who are closest to the exits exit first so that you're able to comfortably keep that, that six-foot physical distancing that is necessary for us. Uh, our prayers go with you all on site and online. As you contemplate and then you do take steps with God into this next week of life. And so I would pray that you go with God in all that you think, in all that you say, in all that you do. Do it with awareness that God walks with you in your life seeking to uplift you, to mend you, to heal you, and to empower you. Be safe, stay healthy, and know that you are loved. Amen.